An Indiana woman went to a local fire station in the middle of the night to seek help for her pet raccoon, who she said had been exposed to, quote, too much of someone else's marijuana. <laughs> a stoned raccoon. Wow. You, I mean, where do you stop? You thought you liked to eat a bunch of garbage when you get high. <laughs> I get it, the raccoon's proclivity for eating refuse, factoring into that joke. By nature, eating garbage even without the introduction of the evil weed. Exactly. My pet raccoon had too much of someone else's marijuana is a is a fantastic way to start a story. <laughs> I think as a 911 operator, you call it a career at that point. Yeah. It'll never get better than this. So in a little bit, we're going to talk about how uh, San Diego County now uh, maybe not so uh, thrilled with the whole sanctuary state thing. Continues to be more and more complicated. Right. Well, more and more cities joining on. So they ask millennials, do you trust these institutions, yes or no? It's a yes or no question. Trust or don't trust? I am technically a millennial, so I'll be happy to speak on behalf of all millennials. Oh, you're a little long in the tooth as a millennial, but I, I are you the, like the uh, oldest? Right on the okay. cusp, yeah. All right. I'm the elder millennial. Excellent. I could have taken the time to figure out how this compares to uh, older generations, or I could have taken the time to find out how it has changed. Have you? With Trump as president. No, I have a cold, so I have not. I see. <laughs> that would have required too much effort. For a man with a cold. Uh, and I want to get to the Netflix story. But I'll tell you this. Uh, millennials trusted. I'll uh, work my way up uh, bottom to the top. Trust Congress, yes or no, 17% of millennials. Which I trust exactly, them to take bribes and do nothing. I'm not exactly sure what you mean by trust, but the president, 22%. That's the one I wish I would have checked. What was that uh-huh. number when Barack Obama was president? I'm guessing it was over half. When we he was telling us we could keep our policy, et cetera. Department of Justice, trust or not, 35%. Trust. Mm-hmm. Pretty low. Yeah. Um, FBI. Wonder how this number has changed over time. 42% of millennials trust the FBI. Boy, I'll tell you what, my trust in the FBI has gone way down in the last year. Mm-hmm. Man, with, with finding out McCabe just out and out lied, and he's still lying about his lying. Um, lying liar. And then, you know, hearing those texts between these supposedly apolitical FBI agents about various things. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I look at it differently than I once did. Yeah. And, and, of course, Comey making the rounds. Oh, got a great Comey um, uh, column by a, one of your famed TV attorneys. Jonathan Turley, who goes on the huh. cable news channels, love Turley, saying that James Brilliant. Comey has got way too much Kardashian in him, huh. which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> Back to the millennials and who they like and who they don't, or who they trust and who they don't. The Supreme Court, 43%. I trust the Supreme Court to the extent that they can, I think this is as good as you can get with human nature. Right. I'm Given the fact that. that there are wildly different philosophies of jurisprudence represented thereon, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I trust them. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with them plenty, but I don't even know what that question means, really. But you're that way with all questions. Exactly. You're you're unwilling to answer a yes or no question. And you can trust in that. <laughs> Under any circumstance. That's right. And then finally, highest trust goes to the military at 51%. Hmm. Uh, now I'm the one. I'm not exactly sure what that means, you trust the military. They're not going to roll a tank over your house? <laughs> They're not going to attack Canada unless they're so ordered. <laughs> Among other things, yeah. yeah. You know, there's... 
So much stuff I want to get to. Um, that, that just brings me to a piece I was reading about um, all the military airplane crashes, a uh, coincidence or symptom of a serious problem. Plus, I've been sitting on this forever. Um, college students find diversity more important than free speech, which ought to terrify you. I mean, like, not not running in terror terrify you, but make you very, very concerned. Uh, but I want to give that full shrift at some point, and I know you have this important note from the business uh, headlines. I happen to know of a university student who is, um, got to be vague again. Got to be vague so I don't get anybody in trouble. When will you learn to just trash your personal relationships? Um, a university student who uh, is going to a very expensive college and paying a hell of a lot of it. Wait, I know one of those. Because mm-hmm. uh, they don't get uh, a variety of the, the scholarships or grants or whatever. They're th- All the other people, I can't say that, I don't know that. All, all the other people that I'm aware of, and I'm aware of quite a few, all come from well-to-do families. But because there are a variety of uh, races, get all kinds of money for oh various boy. things. Yeah. This person is white, but poor. Like, works a bunch of your, your you know, working at your, your Walmarts, your fast foods, or whatever to go to school, but doesn't qualify for diversity, even though all the other people's lives are the same. Right. Same suburbs, et cetera. Driving nice cars, same sort of life. This person's life, way different. I mean, diverse is what it would be, <laughs> but not diverse because of skin color. That's right. where they really missed the mark mm. in the whole university thing. Yeah. Well, diversity of everything except thought, right? of course, is the cry. Um, or life experience. Life, or life diver- experience, Diverse yeah. life experience doesn't matter at all. Just skin color. What if you all live in an upscale suburb and drive nice cars and have never had to worry about money in your life? That doesn't sound very diverse, but they're different colors. What the hell difference does that make? Anyway, um, back to Netflix quickly. So Netflix stock went up, what, 10% on Tuesday when they announced uh, some of their earnings. And uh, I, th- this is a perfect example of why didn't I invest in this? Good, The good financial advisor that I have has always said, if you're just going to pick stocks to invest in, invest in the stuff that you use a lot and like, which I have. Like I like, mm-hmm. I really believe in Apple products and really like them. I've done that with other things. Apparently you're um, a fan of denim. Um, <laughs> invest in, in denim. Uh, Netflix. Jeez, our family couldn't hardly even function without Netflix. Mm, and I it. haven't invested in Netflix, and it's had one hell of a year. I did for a while, not currently. Is it, is it now the eighth biggest media part of... Hmm. Is not Netflix now the eighth big media conglomerate? They've always talked about the big seven. There now should be a big eight, including Netflix. In fact, you should boot some of these other ones off. As they have, they're just shy of Disney and Comcast. Wow! In terms of their uh, where they are as a company now, and they're much bigger than 21st Century Fox, Sony, CBS, Viacom. Bigger than all those. Wow! Um, Netflix is huge. So that's one of your Netflix stories. The other one is they bought a bunch of movie theaters. It's their ongoing battle to be recognized for various awards like the oh, Oscars. right. I heard about this the other day. They have all they have these stupid reasons why Netflix movies don't count for the Oscars. So Netflix is trying to overcome these stupid reasons. You got to show them in a big room with lots of chairs. Otherwise, they don't count as movies. Of course. Makes perfect sense. Absolutely, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. It's completely different art form. Not having people <laughs> in a bunch of seats. Watch the story with pictures and sound. 
even if a movie comes out and most of the people aren't watching it in a theater and are watching it on a small screen anyway, it doesn't make any difference. Well, Jack, you could actually hire Steven Spielberg in a cast of America's most famous actors and film a story. And then the next day, do precisely the same thing. Same script, same people, same director, same equipment, same key grip. <laughs> and show it on Netflix. The first one's a movie, the second one isn't. <laughs> yeah, right then. Well, how can you argue with that? Right. That's got to drive Netflix crazy, but they've decided, okay, those are the oh, yeah. rules of the road. Okay. We're going to participate in the rules of the road. And you know what? We're not showing your crappy, crappy movies in our new Netflix theaters, huh? Take I, that. How's that test, Biatches? I just love that as a business flex. And they, I haven't seen anything written about this, but what if you're a Netflix subscriber, hey, you can just come see the movie. you got to buy popcorn or whatever, but what if it was just a part of the, the cost of being uh, a Netflix subscriber? Good idea. But yeah, they're obviously just doing this to qualify for the Oscar stuff, which gets you so much publicity for your movies. Netflix has a huge too much money problem, and this is uh, one of the ways they're trying to solve that. <laughs> so who are we talking to? We're going to talk to Kristen Gaspar, who's a San Diego County supervisor, who is uh, leading the charge against the Jerry Brown Sanctuary State thing. Which is a terrible idea. It is, and unworkable. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I realize the wheels of justice are supposed to grind slowly for a good reason, but... Why hasn't the Supreme Court just said, let's let's interrupt our day and discuss <laughs> this whole sanctuary state thing, their sanctuary city thing? Is this something we're going to tolerate in this country right. or not? Clearly, this is the sort of thing that's going to end up here, so let's just jump ahead yeah. and have the hearings. Yeah, you'd hope that would be the case. San Diego County is joining a growing and long list of California municipalities that are saying no to the sanctuary state madness. And Supervisor Kristen Gaspar is one of the... Uh, folks leading that charge. She's the newest member of the board, currently the vice chairwoman. I see she was elected uh, and became the youngest woman ever elected to the board at age 11. Wow. Isn't that something? No, she's, uh, I don't know how old she is. Maybe we can ask Kristen Gaspar. Kristen, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How I, old were you when you were elected? Oh, goodness. I was 37. Okay, you know, I wasn't going to ask because it's rude of a gentleman to ask. Well, if, right. so, if it's my a, next youngest colleague is uh, seventy, so really, yeah. so we that you were the youngest at thirty-seven. Yes. Why? This is a different topic, obviously. But why in America do we want people that are 70, 80 plus to to make all our decisions? It's weird. I don't know. You know, our board is going through major changes. Uh, The current supervisors have been there for several decades. Term limits came into play. So I will be the most senior member uh, by 2020. Interesting. Well, and and one of the reasons we like you and, and what you do so much is you believe in fiscal discipline and smart environmentalism and protecting the resources of San Diego County in California, so so good on you for that stuff. But uh, in the time we have, let's talk about why you are fired up about this sanctuary state thing and why you're doing what you're doing. 
Well, we are saying enough is enough to Governor Brown and his unconstitutional laws that he's enacted. You said something this morning that stuck with me, at least one thing, so you should be proud, that the U.S. Constitution may be the most underrated document of all time. It's so surprising to me that Governor Brown thinks that he can create policies at the state level that supersede federal immigration law. It's, it's unacceptable. And in San Diego, you know, we've created a roadmap, roadmap for how to succeed as a criminal. We have all these new laws. We have AB 109, Prop 47, now SB 54. They're all providing protections for criminals. They're tying the hands of our law enforcement, and they're allowing people to wreak havoc on our communities. I think it's easy to see why San Diegans are waking up finally and we're standing up for ourselves and these unconstitutional laws that the governor is enacting. What do you make of the argument that uh, we have to do this, otherwise illegals, uh, illegal aliens, undocumented workers won't uh, report crimes in their community because they're too afraid? It's simply not true. It is not the environment that we set up prior to SB 54. The status quo was better. Here's an example. When our local law enforcement went and responded out into our community, they weren't asking people about their citizenship status. So it's absolutely false that this was happening before. I've never bought that argument. That's just, you know, and we've talked to law enforcement people saying, no, that's not the case. Well, it's an emotional argument that people immediately go to. But if you look at the facts, what this actually did do, after 9-11, we heard all sorts of things about if only we could work collaboratively, cooperatively between agencies. And we were doing that prior to SB 54. We had our local law enforcement working with the state, working with federal agencies. And it was important because as a border town, we deal with weapons trafficking, human trafficking, drug trafficking. The county of San Diego just spent $109 million on drug and alcohol rehab. Now, to think about this... That's a county. That's amazing. That's a county. Yeah. One county. Think about the magnitude of that across the state. Now, here's the problem. If we don't have our local law enforcement on these tasks task forces aimed at these challenges that we have as a region, we're missing out. San Diegans are less safe. So what's happening in San Diego is happening across across the entire state. And I don't know why this is acceptable to anybody. Have you seen any recent state polling on this? I haven't spent a lot of time looking at the state polling. I've spent a lot of time understanding the numbers for San Diego. It's important for listeners to understand that in my city alone, Every day, one to three criminals. Now, these aren't just people that came across the border illegally. These are people who came across the border illegally, committed a crime, and now they're being let out of jail. Our local law enforcement cannot inform ICE that they're being released, and they're being released back in the community, no questions asked. Since January alone, that represents 284 people that were just released back out into our community. That's an insane policy. I mean, just insane. It absolutely is. It is incredibly dangerous virtue signaling. And and again, when you put the particulars to people, if you look at the polling, whether they would approve of something like that, the numbers are overwhelming. And frankly, it'd be wrong, even if it wasn't a majority that agreed. Sure. Wrong is wrong. But that's it's shocking. Kristen Gaspar is a San Diego County supervisor, District 3. You know, I, I'm not good at memorizing the, the numbers of laws and that sort of thing, but the law that punishes businesses for 
assisting federal immigration authorities. You know, I'm a small business person. I'm running a, I don't know, a landscape materials shop. And the feds show up and they say, hey, uh, Mr. Getty, we just need to take a quick look at the books. We're doing a routine check, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying, sure, fellas, I got no problem with that. At that point, uh, Xavier Bracera, the uh, California attorney general, wants to fine me up to $10,000 for for complying with a request of the federal government. That is, you know, pardon me, that's effing insane. Well, you're trying as a business owner to comply with the law, right? It's I'm a business owner, too. I work in the medical field. We hear about the need for transparency all the time. So to be able to check these things is, is helping to ensure the safety of, of our communities. And so it's, it's really hard to believe that... That these policies, they just don't make sense. Plus, if I'm uh, I'm selling wood chips in this scenario and and gravel and other landscape materials, I'm not a legal expert. I don't have time to to study federalism and the relationship between states and the feds on immigration and be up to the, all this stuff. If the federal law enforcement comes said, "Hey, uh, do you mind if we?" and I got nothing to hide, I'm probably going to say, "Okay." So and and listen, maybe that's bad. Maybe as a libertarian, I shouldn't be encouraging that. I should say get a warrant, come back, whatever. But I can't be fining small business people who are trying to feed their families. But anyway, I see that you uh, coach a uh, Pop Warner cheerleading squad. What do you call that thing where you jump up in the air and you kick your legs apart? A herkle or a herky? <laughs> There's a hurdler. Yes, and a toe touch, yeah. but I do. I, I can't I do any of those. Canyon Mavericks. Yeah. I can't do any of those. <laughs> I haven't uh, done a toe touch since Clinton was in the White House. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. You know, hey. I, I tell most people that, that they can learn this skill, but maybe not in your case. We addressed one of the, um, uh, what do you call it, objections, the reasons pe- the, the pro-sanctuary state people. Uh, what others are there? What are some of their arguments? Well, you hear about you know these the, the sweet families out in the community, the parents that are being nabbed at schools, being ripped apart, families being ripped. Okay, apart. gotcha. Uh, you hear about uh, that this is uh, you know you're following Trump's agenda, or right? You're just trying to pursue your political ambitions. I mean, all of these. Things. Or you're a racist, of course. Now, what's important to understand with these changes, we used to have immigration agents in our jails. And the purpose of that was that when people were to be released, we were reporting the release dates to immigration authorities. Now, they would choose to respond or not. Sometimes that would end in deportation. Sometimes it was simply an interview. But people were being screened prior to the release. Now, since our local law enforcement cannot provide information regarding all of the release dates, ICE is going out into the community to find these individuals. So if people are wanting less of a Border Patrol ICE presence in the community, this is actually promoting more. And what happens when they go out to pursue that felon If there are other undocumented individuals in that home, oftentimes they can be subject to deportation as well. Kristen, I'm sorry to. Doesn't work. Indeed, and I'm sorry to jump in, but we're down to about 30 seconds. Kristen Gaspar of the Third District, San Diego County, leading the charge against the sanctuary state movement, at least in San Diego County. Kristen, great to talk to you. Great. Thanks. Let's stay in touch. Can't believe this is even a conversation. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? What North Korea really wants out of a Trump-Kim summit and the yin and yang of Amazon. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. Alexa, order me some yang. I'm interested in both those stories coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
If you're a Scandal fan like my wife, you know that the series finale is tonight. It goes off the air. Oh. And um, I've heard of it. It's a, it's a hell of a show. It's something. It is something. It's got... It's got enough of, like, uh, West Wing-style politics that's, like, believable and, and interesting power dynamics. Mm-hmm. But then it's just got this over... It's 24 meets West Wing is what it is. It's got some believable stuff, and then it's just got your over-the-top violence and crazy conspiracies that are just wow. cartoonish. But I hear the name. I think uh, sexy stuff, too. Skazandle. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, lots of... There's okay. some, of, some of that, but that's, that's really not the main thing. Violence. Oh, is it a violent show? Oof. Oh, my God. When they beat down one advisor to the president wow. with a golf club in one episode. Yikes! Jeez. And then this guy who had turned on the president, they set him up to be raped in prison. I mean, it was wow. it's, it's, it's pretty Whoa. rough stuff. Oh, too gritty. But, uh, yeah, scandal goes off the air tonight. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. What North Korea really wants. South Korean President Moon says the North has not asked for the withdrawal of U.S. troops from the Korean Peninsula as a precondition for abandoning its nuclear weapons. Now, if that's true, this removes a major sticking point to a nuclear disarmament deal. Moon says, though, the North still wants the United States to end its hostile policy toward North Korea and offer security guarantees. It has typically linked the term U.S. hostility to the 28,000 U.S. troops stationed in South Korea. Right, right. You know, it occurs to me, and it's funny, it hadn't up until now. Xi Jinping is almost certainly pitching Fathead on the idea of a Chinese-style reform, um, loosening up uh, you know, economic restrictions and politics to some right. degree. And he's probably selling them on, listen, dude, we're prospering like crazy over here. You still get to be in control. You get to be richer than hell. It's still your cronies. You got to have a communist party that appoints you president for life. But you start loosening it up. We'll be your we'll be your big brother. We'll mentor you on how to do that and still keep control. And you're going to have uh, riches uh, like you never uh, thought of before. And do they keep? Uh, they promise North Korea won't be invaded by the U.S. or South Korea. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you know behind the scenes, China and the U.S. are talking about that and. China's saying, look, we got these levers on you. We got this enormous trade relationship with you. The one thing you can't do is this. And we say, okay, if, you, if, if you're going to help us take away their nukes, all right. On the spectrum of good thing or bad thing, where, where does that end result kind of fall? <clears throat> for the U.S., if it yeah. got rid of the nukes, that'd be a good thing. Yep. Well, I just think for humanity, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Uh, the, the chance of North Korea becoming something rosy and good... <laughs> is uh, unless you give me like a 150-year time horizon, the chances are very, very low. If they move toward a some sort of reform, Chinese-style, it's progress. They could also not be demanding we uh, take our troops out because they don't have any goal in these negotiations other than dragging them out long enough to get their uh, nukes miniaturized. Yeah, I didn't want to sound like a sap. It's entirely possible this is the old-timey Korean uh, maneuver yeah. of just acting all diplomatic for a while. Getting a new agreement and furthering your weapons program by a couple of years. I mean, that is the most likely outcome. And to no one's surprise, Russia has vetoed a resolution at the U.N. Security Council calling to launch an independent investigation over the alleged chemical attack in Syria in early April. Apparently, the uh, team of inspectors is still waiting to get into the area. There's a shock. Yes. Moscow continues to insist videos of the reported chemical attack were staged. 
They have local state media showing footage reportedly proving Moscow's claims. Gotcha. You know, back to China just very briefly. They have yes. any every interest in North Korea not falling apart, which we've discussed yes. many times, because they don't need tens of millions of starving, crazy people who have no idea how the world works pouring over their borders. Right. It'd be a disaster. Right. So, yeah, I'm liking my uh, my you got to reform or I'm leaving you. That's what she said. Hey, now. <laughs> Xi Jinping. Gotcha. No? I followed you. No. Oh, very mm. nicely nicely done. Mm. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos has released his latest annual shareholder letter in which he has disclosed for the first time Prime now exceeds 100 million members worldwide. Woohoo! In- <laughs> <laughs> Why are you cheering that? I don't know. I feel like a you know late night talk show audience. You just cheer. At right. Yeah. That was a nice round number. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, great. Finally! In 2017 alone, Amazon added more Prime members than any prior year and shipped over 5 billion items through the paid membership service worldwide. Now, I get the sense that this was it from the articles I was reading. I don't think he's actually put a number on how many people subscribed to Prime prior to this. Um, right. So I don't know. I, I think that it was that he actually said how he, he actually revealed the number of prime right. subscribers as opposed to the hundred million thing. I think it just took that benchmark for him to actually mm. share what it was. Right. Meanwhile, the Seattle Times is reporting today. Amazon saying its median employee pay was twenty eight thousand four hundred forty six dollars last year. That's included in the annual proxy report by Amazon. A reminder that. While the managers and the marketers at Amazon's headquarters easily make more than 100000 a year, most of its workers around the country, blue-collar workers, make a lot less, 10 to 11 bucks an hour. And what is that, a tragedy uh, or what? Full-time? Why don't you go yeah. march in okay. the street yeah. with SEIU, Marshall, you <laughs> communist? No, it is, it is unquestionably a gigantic business built on low-wage workers. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Well... But if they can't get employees, they'll have to pay more. If they can, they'll they'll continue to pay this or less. That's what? Kind of the way it works. Why? Is the government going to institute that policy? Last note, a daily shower, it turns out, is not necessary. In fact, bathing every day can actually increase your risk of infections. Researchers from Columbia University found excessive showering, like daily. Quit trying to justify your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, stinky. Can reduce skin hydration, causing your skin to become dry and cracked. That's a problem. And then you got gaping wounds. Allowing germs to enter through the cracked skin. Your skin's getting too dry from all the water. Study leader says most people <laughs> think bathing daily will reduce your risk of illness, but in reality it doesn't. Increases do- your chance of having friends. <laughs> and loving. But in reality they say it doesn't do much more than get rid of body odor. Fair uh, yeah. enough. That's what I'm doing it for. <laughs> yes. And they say it winds up removing most of the natural oils, which disrupt good bacteria that mm. supports your immune system. All right. Hey, I tell you what, if you're walking around, you know, blood dripping off you because your skin's all cracked, maybe work in some moisturizer or something like that. But I'm showering, man. Try a lotion. <laughs> a lotion. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of a nation. The Liberty Bell. Mm. So, uh, got a couple here. They had 13 sons trying for a girl. Yes. Nope. Had their 14th boy. Damn. 14 boys in one family. What are you going to (laughs) do? Try again, I guess. Here's the family football, son. It's just laces. (laughs) It's too worn out, Daddy. 
Um, the higher your salary, the more time your employer will pay you not to work. What? What? Among other, <laughs> among other things. <laughs> Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of, nation. Of the nation. What is that? That is the moment when the ceremonial mace was stolen from the Nigerian Senate. Apparently, they have a big mace. You know, like the king, he holds a pole with like a crowny thing on the top. That's called a mace. They got one in the Nigerian Senate, and you, it's some sort of ceremonial totem, I guess. And you're not allowed to pass any legislation if the mace isn't there. Well, that which makes seems sense. Unless you're of, holding the conch shell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and some dudes just muscled their way in and grabbed it and ran out. <laughs> so now they can't do any governing in Nigeria. Maybe time to take a look at the old mace gotta be there law. <laughs> wow. Unfortunately, they, they can't pass a law to change that until they get the mace back. Oh, God! Did nobody raise... It's a paradox! Did nobody raise their hand and say, this kind of, I mean, I hate to... You know, hear me out, but isn't this kind of stupid that we do it this way? Listen, maybe we could get another mace. <laughs> or just do away with the whole thing. What? What if we just <laughs> what about pretend this that it's here? Yeah, everybody can picture it, right? It's beautiful. As long as well. Just all picture it and then pass this law. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> interesting twist in the Bill Cosby. Hey, hey, hey. Have mm. a drink. The Bill Cosby case uh, yesterday. This as pill is your friend. It'll take the edge off. Bill Cosby's star defense witness uh, testified that Cosby's accuser in this particular trial had once spoke of fabricating a charge to frame a celebrity. Okay. Now, that either did or didn't happen, but if, yeah. you know, if, if you got a person who once talked out loud about, you know, trying to frame a celebrity, that's that's damaging. That's going to hurt your credibility, no doubt. Yeah, and the the jury is supposed to, I su- assume, they're just looking at one case, one person in this? Mm, no, they're letting several women testify okay. as to similar experiences Gotcha. with the cause, which is surely going to be the basis of his appeal once he's convicted for raping those gals. Well, well raping that one gal. In the rich get richer news, uh, the higher your salary, the more likely you get to more vacation. Uh, nearly half of people in the top 25% of earners get at least 10 days of paid vacation. The bottom 25% of earners only get about one paid day of vacation. A paid vacation is an overlooked measurement of pay and doesn't show up in any inequality statistics just because people don't keep track of it. So you know, there I hate, you go. I hate to be impertinent, but didn't everybody know that? I assume I knew that. I, I, I would have assumed that. That's news in what sense? <laughs> I had never thought of it. The wow. rich get richer. Listen, I don't so. mean to be waving the Nigerian mace around over here or anything, but I think everybody knows that, that you get more vacation once you rise up in the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have a job where it'd be easier to take vacation for a variety of reasons. More wackiness around the globe. My turn. 
Jack will probably love this, writes Chris. I get to use the name. My girlfriend is a Starbucks barista, and in advance of the much-reported close all the stores and train our baristas not to be racist today, they received a brief memo and training video to inform them that they are no longer allowed to ask non-paying customers to leave at all. (sighs) Customers is in quotes, so it's just people who enter the place. They're no longer allowed to ask them to leave under any circumstances. So in addition to the pants full of poo crazy. crazy person... Now the non-customer playing loud music on his phone, loudspeaker, or the creepy guy hitting on customers and or employees making them uncomfortable are more than welcome to hang out in the lobby as long as they'd like, free of charge and with impunity. This is one hell of a knee-jerk overreaction if I've ever seen one. That'll be a problem for the homeless, because Starbucks has a homeless problem in a lot of areas, because because they do have such great customer service where the customer is always right. It's an easier place to go in there and spend an hour in the bathroom washing you yourself and your clothes mm-hmm. and then coming out having left it just disgusting. I'm not necessarily advocating a boycott. I think people ought to know that these unsavory characters are even less likely to be removed from here on out. Yeah, there's no need for a boycott. There's too much boycotting going on nah, in the world today. I tell you, this the free market will take care of it. If this is a terrible mistake and it diminishes your experience, you'll go somewhere else. But that's, Fair enough. that's something for a, a business, private business, trying to make a go of it now that they've thought for political reasons. Well, we just won't let, we won't ask anybody to leave. And if they're just hanging around using a table, costing you, us a spot for an actual paying customer to sit. Do you figure this is like misty eyed, utopian silliness, uh, that policy? Or do you think it's a calculated PR move? Because I'm not, I'm never sure with some of these companies. It doesn't have to be either one, does it? Um, would it just be because, like, just the, an overreaction, fearful? Or? Well, the the reason Walmart has had a "we'll take anything back, whether you got a receipt or not, whether you broke it or not," is they just think in the long run they make more money that way. Mm-hmm, the sure. Starbucks just think in the long run they're going to make more money this way. So I don't know how you would, but seems like a bad decision to me. But yeah. I don't own Starbucks, right? maybe they thought there was going to be a boycott or something like that if they didn't just bend over backwards. I don't even own Pete's. One of the Dutch brothers was briefly my lover during my experimental phase, mm. but uh, so ends my relationship with the coffee industry. God, I went through the... Who was the, who was the old lady way back in the day in a coffee commercial? Madge, no, Madge was the, the, the dishwasher. You're uh, soaking in it. Right, Exactly. Who was the, the old gal who'd advise people on what coffee they ought to be drinking? Folgers? That would have been a funny joke if I'd remembered her name. Oh, For anyone over 60. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> hey. Our seasoned citizens deserve a little humor love these days, sure. huh? Right? In these I've, troubled times. I pulled through a Dutch Brothers the other day, and my kids actually commented on this because the, uh, the, the chicken there gyrating to the music. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Jeez, take it down. <laughs> I'm getting coffee because I'm kind of logie. I'm, I'm not quite at your level yet. You're having quite the party in there, though. It's just an interesting it is. job or a, a business model. I think I've gone to a Dutch Brothers once in my life. I we'll, didn't really observe anything. We'll make it seem like we're having a party in here all the time. I From observed dis- that I was less hungover after I drank the coffee, <laughs> yes? From your description of it, I think I need to start drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you, yeah. you can get a, a delightful iced tea there. It's That's almost always Judy all the time. It's almost always college-age women uh, dancing around in jean shorts. So. Oh, there ain't nothing wrong with that, huh? And uh, wackiness along the uh, around the globe continues. Just a little potpourri here for you. Uh, the city of uh, New York, New York, came out with a sex trafficking tip line. 
announced it at a 2017 press conference alongside the police commissioner, claiming it will connect callers with specially trained officers that will bring justice to traffickers. Human trafficking is rape slavery. It's an incredibly terrible thing, and it, 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 I don't know why we use the political correct name, but um, apparently uh, that number revealed, again, a year ago is the wrong number, and it's always been, and it has been for a year. And finally, the nice lady who has been uh, answering the phone uh, brought it to the attention of the city and said, you really got to change this. Oh, which reminds me. How did nobody catch that earlier? I don't know. I don't know. But so uh, it reminds me of your story the other day when you were trying to get a movie from uh, Dish Network. And and the guy denied that right. the movie existed and you you couldn't rent it and blah blah blah. We got a note from a guy who says he had a buddy whose number was one digit off of a similar business, and people would call him all the time oh, and okay. he would dick with them. Gotcha. I wonder if that's what happened to me. I it could have been. And I I read the email. I thought that's my retirement. That's my life's plan. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna retire from this business. Intentionally get myself a phone number like that and mess with people who think they're calling the IRS or Dish Network or Amazon or whatever. I haven't chosen yet. <laughs> Some dairy quality helpline or something. Oh, no, no, no. We don't use cow's milk. We use cat milk. It's the 25-year anniversary of Waco. Do you remember what that was? Or are you too young for it? We're going to talk to one of the top reporters on that story to revisit that there have been a number of crimes carried out in the name of Waco over the years. Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.